You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Jono here from the Course Creator Community, and I am super excited because we've got a very special guest on the line this week who's going to be speaking all about Facebook groups. A little bit about this person. He's a podcast host himself. He's the host of the popular podcast Facebook Group Secrets. I recommend everybody go and check that out. I'll put the link down below in the, the show notes. He's also the admin of the Facebook group, the admin community. I recommend you join that as well. I'll put the links down in the show notes. Uh, but without further ado, let me introduce the one and only Mr. Asher Freed. Asher, how are you? Hey, what's going on, everyone? <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jono. No, I'm excited to have you on. Uh, Asher, I'd like to start all my podcasts off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one for right. us? I got one out of my pocket. Uh, Albert Einstein says that luck hits people who are most prepared for it. So even though, you know, we all need luck to go our way, but the idea is, is that putting yourself in the position that when the fortune turns on you, you're in the right spot to cash in, right? It's not just going to hit you if you're not prepared. Love that. One of my, yeah, one of my favorites too. I, I use that in all different um, aspects of life, but like the easiest one for me was when I started in business, I was a a group fitness, a bootcamp instructor, right? And there would always be opportunities where with starting off someone's class would be canceled. Right. And you'd have the opportunity. They'd call you up. Hey, this person's canceled last minute. Can you, you know, can you go in and, and fill it? You know, can you go in and teach it with five minutes notice? Now I could, because I was prepared. I'm like, yeah, i got a million workouts. Let me just take one out. Let me go and teach it. Great. Awesome workout. John, it's now your regular class, right? I needed that luck to, you know, for that opportunity to pop up, but I was able then to make it my permanent one because I did the preparation, right? Whereas someone else may have had that same luck, may have got the call. Ah, man, you give me five minutes notice. There's nothing I can do. Doesn't do the class. Doesn't get it permanently. So I think, yeah, I I love that you've brought that one on. I I love it myself. And exactly. If you look at all the billionaires, they all needed luck. You know, Elon Musk says himself, he needed luck. Steve Jobs, you know, did bad with Apple, then came back. They rehired him because he owned like this small software company, you know, Pixar. They wanted, uh, when he started his new company next. So there was a certain software aspect that, that Apple wanted to purchase back from. They didn't want to rehire him as a CEO, but they bought his company and like he snuck his way back in. And then, you know, the rest is history. But the point is, is that the constant work ethic, you know, day in and day out and putting yourself in the position to be able to cash in, you know, that's what it's all about. So love it. And I've, I've heard yeah. a similar one. The harder I work, the luckier I get. And I found that right. with myself as well. You know, if you're sitting on your couch waiting for luck to happen, it's probably never going to hit you. But if you're there yes. working your ass off, opportunities are going to come. So right. I love that. Right. Um, sure. do you want to tell my audience in, in a couple of minutes or so, what is it you actually do? So besides for breathing, you know, 24-7 and sleeping for some of the time in between, uh, I have a podcast where I interview admins such as, you know, Jono, who created successful, large, engaged groups. Some of them have businesses based off of them. Some of them are just out of, you know, hobby. And basically I, I, I interview them and I basically, you know, I'm doing my own little research project to find out what consistencies are there across different types of groups. Why are some groups amazing? Why are some groups not so amazing, right? So instead of just, you know, interviewing all the group experts, what I'm doing is I'm interviewing everyone. 
anyone who has a successful group on whatever topic, I'm going to try to find out what they did correct to uh, what they did correctly to grow it, you know, to what it was. And if they monetize it, how they monetize it. And if they can't, why they can't and learn from a collective, you know, audience, how to do this the right way. Yes. Love that. And that's, that's why I've brought you on a show. I'd love to get from your findings there. Some of the, the summaries you can give us. The first question I have is like, if someone's listening to this, they're sort of on the fence. They're like, Oh, you know, a Facebook group, is it worth it? Sounds like a lot of work. Should I do it? Could you give us some of the reasons that you found where it's a huge advantage to have a Facebook group? Yeah. So there are many advantages, but we'll just focus on a few. Uh, number one, you know, if you could do it correctly, a Facebook group just grows by itself mm. because uh, Facebook wants people in groups. And especially now with, uh, with the iOS, you know, knocking Facebook out of getting, harvesting our information, uh, they want people on Facebook for longer. So this way they could show them more ads and collect more data on them, right? And Facebook found an interesting thing that people that, that belong to groups spend more time on Facebook. So now, therefore, that makes Facebook motivated to try to get as many people into groups as they can. So if you see lately, you know, if you're in a group, they'll advertise another group. They'll, they're, they're trying to get me into sneaker culture groups, into business groups. They're constantly saying, you know, join the sneaker culture, uh, you know, find your passion for food because they know that if they find me the correct group, I'm going to be hooked on Facebook forever. So from that, I take two things. One is that Facebook is going to promote my group if I could align it with their interests. And then that's free advertising. And two is, is that you just see the power of a group, right? There's a reason why people stay in groups. And that is because they're connected with, you know, a thousand, two thousand, a hundred thousand other people that are just like them trying to do the same thing. They thought that they were unique. And now they found a hundred thousand people who have a passion for goldfish, right? And it's just amazing. So if you could create content that aligns, that a person feels that he belongs in such a group, so then number one, they'll love you and they'll love your group and they'll spend time in your group. And number two, Facebook will promote you. So that's a pretty uh, basic reason to create a group over any other channel. Yes. Love it. I'll piggyback off a couple of those. The first one is free promotion. Who doesn't like free promotion? You know, I mean, you can go on there on your own personal Facebook profile and post, but you're just hitting the people that already are friends with you and already follow you. You know, if you can start a group and you do it properly, great. Facebook will, will keep getting, and not even just anyone, like targeted people. If someone joins your Facebook group, Facebook's shown it organically anyway. Facebook's shown it to them because they think they'll like it. The person's had a look at it. They've read the name. They've clicked the group. They've answered a few personal questions, maybe even given you their email address and, and joined again. There's no hotter lead. So I love that you've mentioned that. And yeah, the connection side of things. You know, I'm going to join a few groups right now. I've, I've more business sort of ones, but like is a couple of software that I use Active Campaign for email marketing and SEMrush for like SEO, Google research. And I'm sort of, there's some questions on here that I'm like, man, I'm not sure how to do it. And it's going to take me ages if I read the manual, find the link, follow the instructions. I'm just going to join a few Facebook groups. Be like, hey, has anyone done this? Does anyone know how to do this? You know, and if I can ask those questions there, you know, it's going to, um, it's going to be better for me, but it's also really good for the group admin because I'm getting engagement in that group, but also they can give, they can sell me something, you know? Hey, Jono, we've actually put this course together that covers bang, 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 bang. Do you want to buy it? You know, and providing I, it's, it's a fit. It's a win-win all around. So I, I love that. A um, couple questions from there, Asher. 
a lot of people probably already um, are familiar with that idea. They're like, yeah, if I get a Facebook group, it grows itself. You know, people in there, they're connected. Awesome. But they either they don't know how to get people in there or they've started a group, you know, invited maybe 20 of their friends that are no more interested. And then boom, that's it. They don't know what to do from there. And there's not really enough engagement. Facebook's not really showing it to people. They're stuck there. What are some tips you've found that people could use to grow their Facebook group? Right. So, well, number one is a lot of people create a Facebook group and make it very exclusive and like they'll make the name, you know, hide the meaning of the group, you know, unlike the course creator community that comes, you know, across very clearly. And anyone who's interested in creating courses will join your group, right? A lot of people will name it like unique names that really hide the purpose of the group. So if I'm looking for a group, there's no way I'm joining, you know, um, LMW, you know, higher purpose, (laughs) right? I'm not, I'm not joining that. So number one is naming your group. So that's useful in two ways. Number one is that people that want to join your group will be able to find it. Number two is it will show up in search results when people are searching on Facebook, Mm. you know, when someone searches course creator, your group will pop up. If someone searches course creator and my, you know, my group name is called like, you know, Jono's Jono's business friends. Yeah. Jono's business, yeah, Jono's awesome tribe, right? So yeah. nobody's, nobody's going to find it in the search results. So you lose in two ways. A lot of people don't name their group correctly. And what I would suggest is, you know, try to find what is the highest search volume, uh, what t- search terms are, are being searched for on Google. You know, you try to use whatever keyword research you like using. You could use searchvolume.io is a free one. They let you search 800 keywords. And then SEMrush has one and there, there are a couple of them, but basically you try to find something that has a high, you know, search term. And then that should be the first name of your group, because then when people are searching course creator, you know, your group has a higher chance of showing up. So yes. that is one way to just allow the right people to find it. And then, you know, you asked another question is how do you keep people engaged? So the reason why these groups are having trouble is because the faucet is turned off. They have their couple of friends in there and then that's it. There's no constant new people coming in. So if you do that, if you do that, that allows more people to come in, which allows there to be more excitement. There's new people coming in. You could welcome them once a week and that in of itself could get the engine rolling. And once, once a group starts rolling, it like really doesn't stop as long as you're taking care of it and you're pruning the tree. So yes, love that. I'll piggyback on a, a couple of those things. The the name's a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the, the course created, and that's why I named it that it's straightforward, you know, and those groups that I mentioned, I'm going to join as soon as I get off this call, I'm going to go in there and type in active campaign. I'm going to go in there and type in SEMrush, you know, and okay, there, that may be a bit different because they're business names. So it's, it's a little bit different, but let's say, for example, you are an active campaign expert, you know, maybe you call your group, you know, active campaign tips, unofficial in brackets. So you don't get, you know, kicked out or whatever, but that's what people would be searching for there. I've seen them in the course creator space on Kajabi and teachable. There's groups on there, you know, teachable, unofficial group, Kajabi, unofficial group. There's the official one as well, but there's also unofficial there too, you know? So, um, but yeah, it's important why that's, why that's, uh, around there. So you can get that. So the right people go in and I'll share a story. I've got a friend of mine, who's a, uh, a mortgage, stories. well, he's a mortgage broker, so. right? And he's, he's a mortgage broker business is called um, uh, Python, Python Wealth, right? So he wanted to create a Facebook group, you know, for some of his clients, but also for other people can find him, potential clients, this and that. Uh, and he called it the snake pit, you know, because get it, Python, snake pit, all right? <laughs> and I was like, man, it's pretty clever, you know, it's a pretty clever name. But then I thought about it, I'm like, 
man, no one's finding his group organic. Not the right people. He's, you know who he's going to get in there? Snake enthusiasts. You know, they're not the. I'm yeah, in Australia. We've got a lot, lot of them. Of you. Yeah, There's a lot, lot of them. <laughs> but they're not the sort of people that you want in your Facebook, that sort of Facebook group anyway, right. you know? So that's just a, a good mess. And like, not saying he's, he was smart with his grit. It sounds smart. It sounds clever. It sounds catchy. It sounds cute. But it's probably not the best for uh, for getting people in. Different story if you're a big name. If you're Russell Brunson, if you're Tony Robbins, if you're Elon Musk, you know, call it your brand. Call it, you know, everyone knows who it is. That's fine. Elon uh, Musk's group, you know, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but unless you're Elon Musk, you know, I don't think anyone's joining Jono's Facebook group or Asher's Facebook okay. group, you know. So the name's important there. Um, what about anything outside of the name, Asher? Someone's like, right, you know, I've got a name, um, but what else do I do? You know, I've got a name. I've got a few people in there. You know, I've done all I can with these sort of people here. Anything or any sort of strategies you've heard or any of your, your guests have said, hey, I've done this and it's, it's really, really helped. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. Okay, so then, you know, there, there, are, there are methods that, you know, to jumpstart and running raffles and things like that, yeah, that makes things fun and exciting. But, I, you know, that might be a good jumpstart, but I think it's better to spend time on knowing your customer mm-hmm. and, you know, why should they join your group? You know, the few people that you're in, maybe instant, you know, private message a few people asking them, try to get to know them better when you could know your audience, when you know your customer, right? So then that creates engagement. So if they're not engaging with your posts, so that means there's something missing there. You're not aligned with them correctly. So yeah, there are hacks to get groups going and get engagement and get people excited for, you know, external reasons. But I think that the work is better spent understanding your message, understanding your your product and understanding why, why should they join your group? Right. So mm. if you could clarify that, then you will have no problem with engagement. Awesome. It's not awesome. easy to clarify. Um, you know, it's easier said than done, but if that's where you should be spending your time, because if you get that right, so then the rest of the process is easy. You know, the buying process is easy. If you get people engaged because you're giving raffles, right. So they might not be buying your products. They just mm-hmm. want your raffles. Right. So it's best, you know, I'm very into spending my energy, where it, it, it uh, you know, doubles over, it compounds. You have the compound effect and it keeps on growing. So that's what I would suggest. What do you yes. say, Jono? <laughs> yes, so I, um, I'll give a couple of things that I agree with the, the message and I heard it, um, heard it explained. Well, I was always going to, jo- uh, it was a Facebook group that I was going to join, right? Because I had a raffle. It was, you know, um, join this group and go into the draw to win a free iPad, you know? I mean, who doesn't want a free iPad? Every idiot's going to join that group. You know, <laughs> I'm going to leave as soon as the, the raffle's over and I don't win it. Um, but even if I stay in there, I'm probably doing a more damage than good because I'm not their ideal. I don't even know what the group was. You know, um, I'm probably doing a more damage than good because I'm going to hurt their algorithm. I'm going to go in there and not post and you know all that sort of stuff there. Um, I, I, on my take, I do think you need uh, some sort of system or funnel though 
to get people in there. I, th- I think what you've said is correct. You need to know those things there. Uh, but then we also need to find a way to implement those things. You know, and I think there's many different strategies, whether it's whether it's starting a podcast and being like, right, I know what it is. I'm going to put a podcast together. I'm going to put it on iTunes. You know, it's, it's free to do that. And I'm going to talk about what I what I do. And then I'll, I'll you know, give a, put my links in the show notes and I'll share some things there. So great. I've got a source of bringing people in. Maybe it's a YouTube channel, you know? Okay, cool. I'm going to do a YouTube video once a week and do the same thing. Maybe it's a blog, you know? Um, if it, And they're, they're obviously more long-term games. You're not going to, you know, start a podcast and have a hundred people join your group, you know, the, the first thing there. They might trickle through the first couple of weeks or, or months. Um, but I think there's also, you know, strategies on, on Facebook. You might, a lot of groups allow promos. You know, you might say, right, you know, here are some groups that um, have similar people with me. It's not a direct com- uh, conflict. They let me promote every Friday. Hey, I'm going to go and you might not even promote your Facebook group, but it might be, hey, you know, I've got this free resource. You know, who wants this free resource? Comment below. Someone comments below, they get the resource. And then, you know, in your emails or in the course, it says I've got this group or might be LinkedIn. You know, you might say, I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day. You know, now that we know our ideal person, we know the purpose of the group. Great. Let's go on LinkedIn, connect with you, spend half an hour a day on there, whatever, you know, connect with different people. Oh, by the way, I've got this Facebook group. Here's the purpose. Join there. You know, I think it's important to have that, um, um, that right. co- the ones as the, yeah, at least one sort of method to like, cool. If I just consistently do this, whether it's, you know, spending a couple hours a week or half an hour a day, you know, if I do this, it's getting new people in that Facebook group. And then because I've already done the things that Sher mentioned earlier, I know what to post in there. I know what to get engagement. I know the ideal people. And I think that will then compound with everything because you're getting some people in, right. you know, you're getting engagement in there. So different people are posting and interacting. That's then going to fire up the algorithm, the names, right? So it's going to show to people, people are going to join it because it's getting shown. Some people are going to search and then it sort of fires up there. That's, that's my sort of take. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. If you could, you know, make more entrances to your group, if you can put out more fishing lines, so then you have more doors coming in, Right. So yeah, hundred percent. You post to you know wherever you could funnel in members. You know you have a, a link on your podcast. I think it's very smart. You know your group, right? You have the questions, so that's supposed to lead them to somewhere else, to an email newsletter, or ask them if you could message them. And uh, yeah, the more doors you open, it's you know the better it is. Uh, one way that has come up on my podcast in regards to that method is that people have cool have gone offline to bring people online, mm-hmm. and you know a lot of methods i see on, on in regards to facebook groups is going to other groups setting up your profile as a funnel giving value and then you know leading people back which you know if you're good at it that's great but it could be very time consuming day in day out you're already posting to all of your different social media places so it's so so it's difficult so what i saw that was interesting that has come up in a few episodes is that let's say a guy had a group on uh, rv RVs, right? So he called up RV dealers and asked them to send out emails to their customer list, mm. asking them to join his group, mm. right? So let's say you were, you know, your your course was on on training. Yep. So you could go to gym owners, and obviously it has to make sense for them. Mm. But you could go to gym owners and and offer them something, maybe to be a part, maybe they could offer some product, get an affiliate, and send that an email to their customer list. So now you have a gym that has 2000, 3000 members that you're getting emails sent out to them. So think offline, one guy hung up uh, flyers in the bathroom of Home Depot. Mm-hmm. He had a kitchen remodeling group and he would just hang up flyers in physical locations where his people were, 
right? So for me, that was like a huge epiphany that keeps on coming up on the podcast is that you don't necessarily have to go to LinkedIn, go to YouTube 100%. You should do that if you could, but there's offline as well, which I think is pretty interesting. Yes, love it. I'll piggyback off that. I think the, the easiest is also if you can get speaking engagements. You know, if you can speak at a, a conference or an event or something like that, and I do a lot of it for free. I'll go and present for free because I know there's going to be Australia. We, we're sort of over COVID, so we don't really have any restrictions in that. But I know I can go and present. There'll be a room of 100 people, 200 people, you know. And if I just say at the start of it, hey, guys, look, we'll get started in a minute. Um, look, here's a link to my Facebook group. In the, in the meantime, join this Facebook group. You know, there's thousands of people in there. Everyone's supportive. You know, here's the QR thing. Just scan that or type it in your Facebook. We'll get started in, in just a minute, you know. That sort of stuff can can work there. And even, yeah. if, even if I do go to a, a conference, you know, and I'll just be sitting next to someone. It's not scaled because it's it's one on one, but still, I'll sit next to someone, start talking. You know, what do you do? Oh, sweet, look, I've actually got this Facebook group. You know, you can join it. Yada yada yada. So I think that um, you know, or, or whether it's you go to different meetups. You know, there's a there's an app over here, Meetup. Is that? I think it's popular in um, the states as well. Meetup. Is it M- Meetup? Yeah. yeah. So I've heard of it. I've never used that. But yeah, yeah, it's sort of. It, it's not as big as the other ones, but I think it's probably the biggest face to face app. You know, in terms of like people that want to meet other people face to face. I think meetup's probably the, the biggest one there. And, and anyone listening to this, you can go on meet up, meet up now, especially if you're in a big city, if you're in a Sydney, a Melbourne, a New York, a California, a, um, you know, San Diego, you know, any of those sort of big cities, you're going to have meetup events there, you know, business ones, fitness ones, health ones, education ones, whatever it may be, just go to the meetups and just meet different people, you know, or better yet, uh, make friends with the, the admin, you know, so I think, yeah, I think um, face-to-face is, is important there. Right. That's um, more valuable because they know you, you know, when you're just another profile. So, you, you know, you know, the person from social media, it's not the same until you over deliver on value. But if you are talking to someone, it's just a totally different relationship. So even though it's one, it's not scalable, mm. but the noise they make, you know, bang on. And I think that that helps online, in my opinion, because let's say, you know, we met face-to-face a show. We're like, great. Hey, join this Facebook group. Yeah, and let's say I meet five different people and, you know, we, we whatever, we, we meet once face-to-face or whatever it is, then we sort of, we got on well, whatever it is. Then I do a live video on Monday. You're probably going to like and comment on it, you know, because you have a dig at me because we were joking. I know on the that weekend. guy. I know that guy. You know, it's like, yeah. I know that guy, you know, that's whatever you, you've become familiar with the person, you know, on social media, we're, you know, we're behind screens. So it is great, but there's nothing like seeing someone in person, right? So social media gives you easy access. But seeing someone in person is just much more intimate, much more real. And, you know, you connect much better. hundred percent. And, and I think the, the sort of scalable component to it is if I, if I'm doing that live video and Ashur is liking and commenting, okay, that's not, I mean, okay, better than no one. This is one person, but the advantage is because he's liking and commenting, that means it's going to be shown to Facebook's going to be like, Oh, this guy's liking and commenting. Let's show it to a few other people. They show it to the other person we met at that face-to-face event. And that person likes and comments as well. Facebook's like, Oh shit. You know, here's a few people actually liking and commenting on this thing. This must be a good video. Let's show it to more people and, and let's go there. So it can springboard that way there. And I think also for people watching it, if they're like, Oh man, people are actually commenting on this guy's video. Like they know him. Okay. Is this guy, somebody is this guy cool okay i might actually listen to this so i think there's there's advantage like there's a difference between there's um between there's obviously different um you there's different um a member is not created equal in a facebook group 
right? There's like, obviously you can add any idiot to a Facebook group or you can add someone who's your perfect customer. But even there's a difference between someone who's your perfect customer and knows you and has met you and has no idea who you are. You know, if you can stack your group with the perfect customers who know you and have met you, it's going to bring everything up faster. So I love that you've, you've brought that up. Imagine um, if Gary Vee invited you to his Facebook group, you would know him because you were with him. So like that'll create an instant connection. Bang on. Um, <laughs> okay. What about in terms of monetization? Sure. If someone's like, uh, have you had any guests that are like, look, you know, I had this group, a couple of different ways you can answer it. Either people that, you know, have got maybe a small group and are still managing to monetize it, even though it's small, or are there people that have got like, you know, a, a bigger group and they're like, Hey, I, I had a group. I wasn't monetizing it, but I did this. And then I started to, to monetize it. Any tips there? So monetization is an interesting, let's say discovery that I found on my podcast that people do not monetize their groups well if they are not businessmen or business yeah. owners. Yeah. If it's a hobby, if they're just regular people, there are mindset traps, there's just invisible walls. And you know, people with engaged groups, people love them, still have a hard time creating offers and products. And even if they do, they have a hard time selling it. They don't understand value, what people want, even though they have people that are obsessed with them. Now, people have been able to do it but most of the time not. If somebody was a business owner and had a product, they were able to go into a Facebook, they were able to use their Facebook group and you know pump up their product and mm -hmm. pump up their offer. But I found it very rare for someone to be able to grow a group and then work on their product. So I would like, you know, consider product creation something that you have to do separate from the Facebook group. Yep. You know, just from my experience, from, from interviewing people and you have to be that entrepreneur, you have to be that business owner. And then you could go ahead, a Facebook group could go ahead and, and, you know, bring an audience, right? We see people on Instagram who are, you know, who are influencers, right? How are most influencers making money by going out to restaurants and getting paid to promote other people's products, right? It's very rare. I mean, truth is I didn't look up the stats, but I haven't heard of influencers you know, at a mass scale, becoming entrepreneurs and business owners, unless like they partnered with someone. So if you could make that easier or, you know, create your product and then bring it onto the Facebook group, I think you'll have a much better chance at monetizing. Yes. It's not, it's a bittersweet information, but it will save a lot of time because I know people advertise Facebook groups, grow an audience and then mm -hmm. easily monetize it. But I found that that people who have created amazing groups haven't been able to easily monetize it. Even though you put Gary Vaynerchuk in that group, you put, you know, any business owner mindset in that group, they'll monetize it in a second. Mm. They will. So maybe it makes sense to get a coach at that point to help you monetize it. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. I'll piggyback off that. I think like, yeah, they're two completely different things, you know, having a business and having a Facebook group. Like if you, if you're a business person, because half a business is just your audience, right? If you have a list or you have an audience uh, and you're a business person, like it's so easy. It's just like, all right, here's my audience. Let me find out what these people want and let me sell them that thing. You know, like that's the way I look at it. It's just so easy. I could, I could go into any Facebook group and, and be able to do that, you know? But I think if you think that you're just going to have a Facebook group and money is going to fall out of trees, you know, it doesn't, doesn't quite um, work like that. Um yeah, but in, in saying that, I think there, there are ways around it as well. But I think that's a, a whole discussion for another day. You know, if it's like you got a big Facebook group, you're not monetizing it. Here are some strategies that you can use. Um, I think it is also harder 
because if you've sort of made the group, because what a lot of people I think do from the start is emphasize the free side of things. Hey, here's a free Facebook group. You know, it's, it's free. We're just going to give all this free stuff. And then a year later, you start charging for what you used to think was free. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, hold on. This used to be free. You know, and it's, even though it's no real different to someone that's got a group and was charging more for info that was given a little bit for free, but then charging more for the back end stuff, there's something different about if it used to all be free. And then all of a sudden you're charging for it. There's just something mentally in, in people's head that just sort of think, ah, you know what, you know, I'm out of this group or, or whatever, but, you know, there's ways around it. That's, that's a discussion right. for it. There is backlash day. in groups. When people try to sell there, is, they do, you know, get backlash like, Oh, you're monetizing. And if it's some illegal thing to charge for your services mm. and, you know, people who just aren't built to deal with that and be like, yeah, I'm selling a product. I'm giving yeah. you something and you're going to give me money in exchange. Yeah. That makes sense. Right. People are like, Oh no, I can't. And like they, they fall in, but yeah. But if you are, if, you know, there are ways you could build up that muscle, mm. but, uh, but I, I do think that it's separate work from the group. It's, you know, product creation, and yeah, once you create a product, you have an audience. I think a Facebook group is all about creating audiences for whatever specific niche. It's the easiest way to create an audience. Now, if you have a good product, so then it's the easiest way to sell that product. But it's not, you could use the Facebook group to understand what product to create, mm-hmm. but, but, and, but you have to know how to do that. It's just, I, what I'm saying is that you, you could do it, but you know, I feel that it has been oversimplified yeah. And uh, it's, it's just hard work. And it really is its own, you know, its own um, um, skill set, skill set, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Good word. Yeah. hundred percent. And even I'll piggyback even further. Um, da, 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 what was I going to go with this? Yeah. So there's a couple things of that. Right. And I think even on that note, if someone is watching this and being like, Oh shit, that's me. I do have this group. You know, it's, it's for free. I'm scared that I'm going to do it. And I did try and I got backlash. One strategy I uh, found there is selling the email, you know, use the Facebook group just to give value, get people to get me wrong. I'll sell in my Facebook group. I don't care. Uh, but for people that are, that aren't that confident, you know, great. Use your Facebook group. Just deliver value. Just get to know, you know, people's um, people's wants, people's needs, people's pain points. Use that there, but make sure you're collecting emails. You know, if someone joins a Facebook group, there's a question to collect the email. You know, maybe you do the new member post and there's a free giveaway there. Maybe just every week you just make a post. Hey, put together this free mini course, this free script or this free PDF. You know, members of this group, you get it for free. You know, comment below if you want it, whatever it is, you know. So you're building your email list. And then it's easier to sell via email because it's a bit hidden. You know, it's like you sell, you sell via email. Okay. If someone's interested, they'll unsubscribe, you know, it's not like, and also you don't know, like you do a Facebook post and no one comments or no one likes it. You get a bit, Oh no, you know, on email, you don't even know if anyone liked it or, or commented on it, you know, don't even check your stats. So it, it's an easy way to ease into it. And then it's sort of half, half because it's going to be the same people in your group and your email list anyway. So it might be like, all right, hey, I'm selling to these same people anyway. You know what? Let me do a little post in this group. They're getting my emails anyway. I'll just say, hey, if you missed your email this morning, you know, here was a special or so I think that's um, that's how to do it there. And yeah, also in terms of like getting the info, it's, man, I see some, I see that the same posts all the time and I'm just like, man, this person's just digging for info in the wrong way, you know, and it's, they're always a thing that's like, you know, hey, if you had, um, 20 minutes to talk about whatever it is you could, you know, or it's like, Hey, what are the biggest, um, uh, what are the biggest struggles you find as a course creator or whatever? 
you know, and I'm just like, ah, it's not like you'll get some info with that. It's not bad, but there's just better ways to, to understand your, your audience there. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, hey, I want to be sensitive of, of your time, sure. There's just a few questions I always like to finish up with. The first one's around mentors. So I'm curious to hear who your mentors have been. And if you could answer this in a few different ways, a mentor that you've paid money to and you've done their course or their program, a mentor that you haven't paid money to, but you know you follow them online or offline and you, you listen to their advice and a book that you recommend everyone should read that could help them with their Facebook group. It doesn't have to be a grow your Facebook group book, but something that, you know, the mindset helped or the, the strategies helped or the business tips helped or the building community helped or yeah. What can you tell us there? Mentors paid, unpaid and book. All right. So I'll answer this. Uh, I try to be simple, but uh, so Russell Brunson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All know, three, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, free and paid. Yeah. And everything. Uh, but what I would say is that, that, and something that I've personally struggled with is that, n- you know, nobody has everything packaged for you. Mm. So as a consumer, you know, Russell Brunson, you know, his one funnel away challenge is fantastic. And it's a tremendous crash course where you'll learn the basics of almost every part. It's overwhelming, but you'll come out, you know, with a better grasp, but you know, the way he uses Instagram is not necessarily the best way for me to use Instagram. Mm-hmm. The way he uses a Facebook group is not necessarily the best way for me to use a Facebook group. And it's true for, you know, that course and him. And it's true, you know, funnels might not be the best spot for you to, you know, even though for him funnels are his blood. Right. And the, the same goes for any advice you're going to take from Gary V from any of these on the Grand Cardone, from any of these online influencers or any influencer, you have to really say, does this apply to me? You know, uh, Russell Brunson uses Instagram as his reality TV show. That's the way he says, like, this is a reality TV show. But guess what? People who only, you know, influence through Instagram are not necessarily using it as their reality TV show. They're using it to teach, right? Russell Brunson is, has his huge company and uh, he has people promoting it and he's making money through that way. So Instagram will just be, you know, tired, just built a hundred funnels. What's going on? Have a nice day. And that gives people a window into Russell Brunson's life and then they'll buy his product. But for you, your product might be your Instagram account, right? So, so that's just, you know, this is a, a I, I get very fired up because also Gary Vaynerchuk, he's free stuff, right? He's, he gives amazing advice, but it's, you just, you as a person are responsible for yourself and, and he's, bleeding and he everything he says you know i almost agree with everything that it is true for someone but that might not be you you know Mm -hmm. so and he's trying he is trying to put more context to his speech i noticed because he's like everyone says i work 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 i say work 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 but i'm the guy who's saying you know balance work life take the smaller salary for for an easier life right but uh but when people hear him say work 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 they hear that and they don't necessarily hear everything else. So a person has to be able to be responsible for themselves. You know, I feel that this could save you a ton of time by not like following someone down the wrong path for yourself. So Russell Brunson, uh, One Funnel Away Challenge is uh, is fantastic. I recommend that. I don't know, Jonah, did you do it? Did you do One Funnel Away? I haven't done it. I've always thought about it, but I'm just like, because I've followed a lot of his stuff. I've read all his books. You know, I've gone to Funnel Hackers Live. You know, I've... I follow a lot of it. So I'm like, you know what? I don't think I'll get a heap out of it, but I almost right. want to do it just to see what he teaches and be like, okay, now let me think yeah. I was a complete beginner 
what's he teaching there? So I do want to check it out for that reason. Right, right. Yeah. So that's fantastic. So uh, in regards to books, in regards to, I guess, free sites, I mentioned Gary Vee, but I love Elon Musk. And I think everyone should watch all of his interviews just because uh, I, I believe, you know, I know he's uh, in the middle of a controversial stuff with his tweets and memes and whatever. Uh, but I believe that he's a genuine person that is really trying to bring good. And I, you know, think that he was able to become a billionaire and still remain a humble person. This is my opinion. I know a lot of people disagree and think he's full of himself now, but I do believe that he's a humble person just trying to change the world. And he's not, you know, attached to materialistic things, money, you know, house. And I think he's just a really good example for business. And, uh, and I think all of his work ethic and his lessons are evergreen, you know, do something that's useful to someone, um, you know, work hard and then good things will happen and not everything works out. Some it's luck. He thought that Tesla was going to fail. He thought that SpaceX was going to fail, but he did it anyways because he believed in it. Um, so I just think that the, those, you know, he's just a good model. Um, and in regards to books, I am reading his middle of reading his biography and it's fantastic. Mm. Uh, there is a one official biography on him, but um, so off, you know, off the top of my head, uh, shoe dog by uh, Phil Knight was fantastic. And uh, the reason why I liked that so much, you know, Phil Knight is the CEO of Nike. He created Nike, he started Nike. So first of all, you will learn in that book that he also had a tremendous amount of luck. And Nike was an underdog. I was like, what? There was a time that Adidas was the main brand and Nike, like in my head, it was always Nike and Adidas second. So it was just amazing to see how Nike overtook that, that space. And also he was an accountant. He wasn't a live personal guy who's fun, who, you know, talks. He was an awkward guy who's about the numbers and was passionate about sneakers. So for me, he opens up a whole new, you know, window of opportunity for people who want to make a difference and want to create their own company, but don't feel that the, the right personality fit. For him, from, from his book, you'll just see the wild roller coaster that Nike took. And uh, you'll also be able to, you know, take some of his hard, you know, hard learned lessons and apply it to your business and also see, you know, that you, that, that, that picture that, that, that you have in your head of that CEO or of that business owner is not necessarily 100% true. And really, if you have a passion and you have a will and you're smart and you apply yourself, you know, you really could become the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. Yes. Wow. Love that. Thank you for that. I'm going to grab both of those. Now I've just been getting into autobiographies or biographies recently. I used to read a lot of um, yeah. learning books and they're great. Um, the, the limitation to them is like, eh, not saying you, you, I think there's a difference between reading someone or, or someone telling you to do something and someone saying, Hey, here's what I did. Take what you want out of it. You know, I, I think they're both important. And just at this stage in my life, I'm interested in the, the biography. So I'm going to, and I only know sports people. You know, I've, I've read the, the Kobe Bryant. Agassi. What was that, sorry? Do you see, read the Andre Agassi? What I have Open? No. Fantastic. I've read, I've just recently finished uh, Kobe Bryant's one, uh, Tyson Fury's one. And so yeah, they're the two, but I'm definitely going to get that. Andre Agassi. And also autobiographies are much more relaxing to read than not as intense. You know, I'm also in the middle of reading David Allen, getting things done. It's just like, I'm trying to read in bed, but like, I feel I have to be at a desk with a notepad, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, Elon yeah. Musk, I'm just reading about the story about SpaceX and how he, you know, like blamed somebody for something that they didn't do, you know, like how, 
you know, most of the story, most, you know, most the, the biography is true. You know, they say negative things about him as well, but it's just, you know, story time and uh, there's golden nuggets full throughout the whole thing. Yes. I mean, I guess I, that's the way I naturally learn. That's the way my podcast is set up. And that's what I like to read biographies and autobiographies. So never realized that until now. Awesome. Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's. Have you read his? I did not. That's did a good not. one. Total recall. Awesome. All right, cool. Well, hey, um, Michelle, that's pretty much all I wanted to get through today. Is there anything I should have asked you but forgot to? Or is there anything you want to finish this off with? Right. So I just want to fill in a gap that I, that I think I left out, that your audience, are you know, they're a bunch of course creators. So you guys have products. So yeah, good point. I probably shouldn't have, you know, dwelled on the fact so much that if you don't know how to monetize, if you don't have a product, it's not going to work because, you know, your audience, they already have products and they already have created a course that solves a problem. So, so once they create an audience that aligns with the product, it should not be difficult for them to, to sell it, right? I was more talking about uh, my experience with hobbyists, you know, uh, father's group, you know, mm-hmm. the guy is having a hard time, you know, monetizing a group filled with 80,000 dads, Yeah. right? You know, but if you're creating a group on a passion of yours and you, and you solve a problem, so then... It's not a it's not a difficult plug. Exactly. So, yeah, you've you've so. got a you got a course on how to play the guitar and you've got a group for people wanting to learn the guitar. Yeah, it shouldn't be that difficult. That's yeah. it. You want to learn how to play guitar, you know, you have to learn how to position it correctly, but do you want to learn how to play guitar without wasting hours of your time learning yeah. how to play guitar? Use my course. Exactly. So yeah, yeah it's pretty simple. And yeah. you know, you really have Jono for that. That's the truth. You you feel fill that gap, you know, you help people create courses. So if anyone is having, you know, I don't, I hope you don't mind them giving you a little plug here. No, please, please do. I was, I was going to, I was going to cut it off hard at this time, but then you started to promote me. I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll let, I'll keep the recording on for a few yeah. minutes. So if you are having a hard time with your course, so then obviously that means you could use Jono's course and, you know, and which is why you're listening to this podcast. So uh, yeah, definitely. If you have a hard time selling your product, hit up Jono, you know, you can message him, you can email him. He's always available. <laughs> Awesome. Too kind. <laughs> um, awesome, Asher. All right. Thank you very much for your time. All right. Thank you, Jonah, for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.